Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venueland, an EAMC podcast. This is your all-access pass to go backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live entertainment industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to some of our favorite people as we dive deep into the world of live touring shows and the venues that host them. Today's adventure takes us to the Windy City, where we're going to check in with Colleen Quinn. She's the Director of Communications and Digital Marketing with the United Center. All kinds of cool stuff to talk about from her work, you know, kind of working on the arenas, you know, digital marketing campaigns, communication strategy, all that good stuff. But uh, a lot of really cool stuff, you know, behind the scenes, too, that you would not normally uh, be involved with from Democratic National Convention bids to uh, spearheading your know, grand openings of, of giant expansion projects. So let's get right into it. Colleen, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I think it's a little a little um, cloudy outside, but I feel the sunshine in this room. There you go. <laughs> we'll take it, take it when we can get it in February, right? Or, you know, February is when we're recording this. I know this is coming out in March. And, and one of the big things that at the time that we're recording this is where the 2024 Democratic National Convention is heading to. Let's jump right in because this is something, you know, from an arena side, how did you get involved with this? Oh, yeah. This, I think, was the mountain of my career for sure to this <laughs> point. Um, it was definitely a challenge, but a, one of those welcome challenges in our industry. It kind of just fell into my lap thanks to my boss <laughs> but right now where it stands right now we're um i'm sure you've seen we're in the running with new york atlanta and chicago we're in the finishing stages so we should be here in soon where where the democratic national convention will land and we're hoping in chicago yeah so how does it what's a venue's place in this i mean you're obviously hosting it right but take us through the process because a lot of people listening if they were if the project's brought to them, you know, in four years, don't even know where to start. So walk us through what this because this has not been a short project or just something you've been working the last couple of weeks. Yeah, high high level. I mean, I'll admit too that this was something I've never even it never even crossed my desk before this. So uh, never crossed my mind that we could get the opportunity again because they were here in Chicago in 1996, which is kind of a bit from now, I, I understand. But it just I just didn't think it was possible for them to come back in my tenure. And I'm excited for the opportunity. But high level, how it started was, hey, this is an opportunity. Here's the RFP. Take a look through it. And then I'm looking at this 80 to 100 page RFP, and that's just sure. the questions, right? Like that's not even our responses <laughs> included. <laughs> yeah, so the RFP was the first step. And then we prepped for that and read through that for about a week. And then for the next, I would say two months that followed, um, I think it was April and May of last year, we worked through our response to the RFP. So that's the first step. It's uh, responding to the RFP with our Chicago bid. You know, it's a kind of fun situation in Chicago because usually these bid processes are run through the city themselves. So like New York City working mm -hmm. with the venue, but New York City is taking the lead on that bid. Sure. 
in Chicago, we have such a great relationship that we kind of took the lead and took the creative lead on the bid. So we led the process. We helped the city come up with their bid. We were the designers behind it. So for two months, we worked through this very visual bid submission. And I think May 25th of last year was the deadline. Um, and we turned that in then. Wow. That seems like yeah. a lot of moving pieces and a lot, but also one of those things that it's like, if you never do one again, you now have this interesting experience of, wow, like that's so, so that's what that scale can look like. You know, it's like everyone obviously works with RFPs, but I'm sure for a democratic national convention, it is a very extensive, elaborate one that you have to, um, you know, comb through. And honestly, I'll never have to, you know, comb for details for another bid ever again, because it's a glossary of information on the United Center in the city itself. So anything I need is right there. But then after that bid submission is actually a really cool thing that I don't think we've ever done it to this extent before. But so in July of that year, I think I keep saying that year, but 2022, July 2022, uh, we hosted a site visit and the DNCC comes to each of the cities and they experience the venue, the convention complex, all of the above. And we really made a custom tailored experience for I the heard all something about this, right? Yeah. You guys really did some cool stuff. Yeah. So we welcomed them in. And then um, first we had a blue carpet entrance so they had to walk into the blue carpet and then it was like uplighting everything you can imagine from a production standpoint and then they walked into the bowl of the arena and we had our scoreboard I don't know if you're familiar with our scoreboard but they have individual panels that move independent of each other we had the whole scoreboard down on presentation level and our executive vice president of the United Center standing on a stage in front of the ginormous scoreboard ready to greet and give a little presentation about the United Center. And then we kicked it off with like a hype video, like as if you're coming to a Bulls and a Blackhawks game. Uh, they yeah. had that Bulls intro running of the Bulls. Yeah, exactly. And we really just made them feel like they were part of the experience and being part of the story of the United Center, because that's kind of our goal. That's our North Star as a company is creating these iconic stories and making talent, making, in this case, the DNCC feel like they are part of the story because they really are, you know, like we're helping them create their story and they are playing into our story. Sure. Yeah, very much a collaborative partnership, or, or that's the way you, you want it to feel, is that we're, we're kind of working to create this experience together. For sure. It's, um, you know how these things go. They're a little bit exhausting, but they, you look <laughs> back on it and you're like, oh, we did that. You know, like we put on this awesome show. We, we made them smile like that. And for me, that's kind of the payoff. I'm, I'm very much like in it for the reactions, like, are their eyes wide? Are they smiling from ear to ear? <laughs> are they yeah, entertained? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, obviously you, you've done all this work and now you're, you know, you're not just kind of waiting to be, you know, waiting to be picked or selected, right? Yeah. So actually there was, there. it's really high level three steps, the RFP submitting the bid, 
than the site visit to the Chicago um, location. But then in addition to that, we did another reception in Baltimore where each city had their own room and they had to, you had to bring the Chicago experience to Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, talk about that. For, talk about that for just one minute because that was, that was pretty cool what you guys did there. Oh man, it was cool. God bless Derek because I wasn't allowed to fly at that time, but I helped with the coordination of all the details. But yeah, you're working with... Um, the hotel, because it was in a hotel at that time, um, the hotel ops team, you know, the, the production companies out there and in an area we've never worked in before because our business is a lot, but it is local. You know, we work with our local yeah. unions. We look, work with our production team. Um, so it was definitely different, but we pulled it off. We did a mini version of what we did at the United Center in Baltimore. So uh, that was fun. Oh, cool. They made us work, but looking back it's just really cool to see it all come together well and at the very least uh you know if it, if it doesn't pan out i think it's something that you all can hang your hat on that you know that you're able to like go to bat for any of these big events you know it might not be the dnc but if it's you know some other thing that you're bidding on you know you now know what you kind of have in your bag of tools and you you know you can swing for the fences and and you know chase down these big events Hey, anything is possible after the DNC bid process. <laughs> yeah, you can really, literally, you can do anything now, right? <laughs> and honestly, I think in self-protection mode, I have not thought of a world where we didn't get DNC 2024. So <laughs> 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 it'll be earth shattering for me if we don't. But yeah, we're in the negotiation processes like the other cities that are in there in the process with us. And we're getting down to the nitty gritty details. I'm lucky to be just a fly on the wall in those conversations. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's us, Atlanta, New York City, and we're hoping to hear back soon. I really thought we would have known by now, but you know, you know how it goes in this. We've case. got our fingers <laughs> crossed for you, Colleen. Absolutely. Thank you. You can host Dave and I if if everything falls apart. You can host us. Yeah, we'll come. We'll come. Be the same kind of thing. Yeah. We love uplighting. <laughs> hey, uh, let's take a step back for just a minute and, and you know, kind of talk about the United Center, because for somebody who's never heard of the United Center, uh, you know, kind of let's talk about the building and your, you know, your ownership group and kind of, you know, your role there. Oh, yeah. OK, so let's talk through this. So Derek and I started, we were the inception of the marketing department at the United Center. So 10 years ago, when we came on, there wasn't a marketing department, it kind of was like, operating, hanging on by a thread, but operating through the teams. And there's a lot of venues that are like that. But I'm proud to say that Derek and I kind of opened the eyes to our leadership team on what all was really possible. But another thing about the United Center, largest arena in North America in square footage. Um, <laughs> a fun thing about the United Center that's a little bit different from other arenas is that it is privately owned. So um, it's a joint ownership. So Jerry Reinsdorf, who owns the Bulls, and Rocky Wirtz, who owns the Blackhawks, they jointly own the United Center. Their families jointly own the United Center. And with that uh, comes a lot of benefits in that we have a lot of control over the things we do, the events we book, and really the sky's the limit. And so we are so lucky to have just such a supportive leadership team and ownership committee that 
we really have been able to do some things that I never thought we'd be able to do because of them. So talk about a little bit about your role there as you know, what, what you do on a day-to-day basis, you know, that's not the DNC, right? As your, your role as the Director of Communications and Digital Marketing. What does that mean? Yeah, so the small things are like, you know, website development, email marketing campaigns, social media that Derek is really over social media, mobile app, all that, Google Analytics, all that fun stuff. And then um, the higher level things are our comm strategies, our building initiatives, our expansion projects, all of those things are what could cross our desk on a daily basis. And by the way, we should mention that you're, you've mentioned Derek a few times. Derek, oh, yes. who's, a, who's, a, who's a good friend of ours. Uh, Derek, Derek Christian, right? Yes, Derek Christian. He is like my work husband, I would say. We've been <laughs> thick and thin together. We grew up together at the United Center. So when you say Colleen, Derek is, goes hand in hand with that. If you say Derek, Colleen goes hand in hand with that. So uh, two peas in a pod for sure. And Derek does have his own episode, which everybody should check out in the uh, Adventures in Venue Land archives. Uh, so United Center, there obviously, you know, a, a lot going on. What's your primary focus? Are you more on the, you know, are you, are you doing a lot of stuff with the, with the teams or are you primarily focused on the special events? Yeah, actually, it's fun because we are able to devote most of our energy to the concerts, special events and family shows that come to the United Center. We're not having to you know, produce every Bulls game, produce every Blackhawks game. We obviously owe most of our energy to the concerts and family shows and you know, really, really making those experiences special for the talent. You know, one thing I know that's been a big project for you is you know, working on some of the campus expansion. What, is that, what does that mean? Yeah, so when I first came on to the at the United Center, it was the arena, um, 960,000 square foot arena. And then um, in 2017, actually, it was March 1st, 2017, we did the ribbon cutting ceremony for the East Atrium Edition and the office building. So in 2013, when I came on, I was working in the basement, like so many of us are. No windows. It's a time warp. You can't see what time of day it is. Uh, now, <laughs> yeah, basically, now I work in a fishbowl where it's like all windows. I can see the sunlight. I'm aching to get out there most of the time. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we were all a part of a, a part of unveiling that, and even helping to design it to make it a practical environment for the work or the employees that are in the building. Our leadership team really looked to us for guidance on what do you think this place needs? What what can we provide to you to make this an optimized location for you to work? And anything like standing desks. So we got standing desks. Those are nice now. We have a, a full gym with trainers that create custom fitness routines for us. Um, they're really just an amazing, amazing ownership group. And we're just all so lucky. <laughs> we got free pizza today at the office, but that's about as good as it gets here. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are a unicorn and I, I understand that our ownership team, they're unlike any other. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, that that seems like from what I hear about United Center, they are so forward thinking on employee satisfaction and engagement. And, you know, when it comes to 
you know, just making sure everyone is happy, but also like DEI efforts and so, so much more. I mean, it seems like you guys are really innovating, but also just very introspective and not just about, hey, we're so great with the artists, but like, how do we really get the most out of our team and make sure they're happy? I mean, I think it's a testament that you and Derek have been there, what you said, 10 years now, both of you, like that's not all that common that both of you would stay that long. But I think that's kind of, I'm sure uh, part of it is that, you know, you have this company that's really trying to go that extra mile to make sure the staff is happy and, you know, they're going to feel most comfortable and, and the most productive they can be. And and you guys know, just being in this business, you spend so much of your time within the walls of the arena. It's almost like a second home. So creating a place where people are comfortable spending their time was very important to our, our team. And I'm thankful for that. But like, again, like you said, uh, it's not where we want it to be yet, but there's always growth that's happening there. And we are getting closer and closer to our goal, but we are really working on our DEIB efforts and, you know, working with consultants there to just make sure that we are evolving. We are growing. We are, you know, just being mindful of how we move this ship forward. Colleen, you know, when we're talking to you today, you're, you're coming in from home, right? Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that one of the great things, one of the good things for, for many of us that came out of the, uh, the pandemic, uh, and there weren't a lot of great things, let's be honest, but is yeah. the, the <laughs> opportunity to occasionally work from home. So you've kind of got a little uh, opportunity there. Yeah. So I'll say one of the biggest challenges for me in the last two years has been a new mom in the industry. So I have a two-year-old and a five-month-old, which makes for a very busy life, a very loud and busy life. (laughs) Um, So the ability to have that hybrid work-life balance is just so nice. Um, I really can't I can't imagine now. I mean, obviously there are some weeks where we need to be there five, six days a week, you know, with our event load and things like that and meetings and such, but the ability to have three days in office and the option of two days at home has really been amazing for me. Like even driving, I was telling Paul driving to work, I live now miles away will sometimes take an hour and 15 minutes, which obviously like cuts into my productivity because I'm just sitting in the car listening to podcasts usually. And when I could be sitting at my desk in my basement, you know, working away on a press release or building a part of the website. So I just think the option to have the two days from home has really increased my productivity overall. It does though, right? And that's that's kind of unusual in the getting to work from home for a couple of days. I actually find that on those, it's a kind of a different kind of productivity I get from those home days. For sure. And I really think, I was saying this to our team yesterday, was the human connection of working in the office is really just something you can't replace. So those days that I do go into office and everyone's there at the same time is so fulfilling, just like really does fill my cup just being there with the team and laughing and, you know, uh, working together collaboratively on things, but also having those days at home where I could really zone in and focus and there's not people coming in your door every hour or so. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Just it's being the, able to zone the in. Best and part in 
And the uh, the worst part of being in person is that you're like you get to collaborate and you get a chat and you get have those hallway moments or those water cooler moments where you're like, oh, I've got this challenge. Oh, how do I help? But then also there's those days where you're like, oh, my gosh, this list of stuff I have to get done. And of course, it's always those days where you want to drill in at the office that like everyone's popping in. Hey, hey. how's it going? Hey, uh, <laughs> I haven't caught up with you in a while. And you like don't want to be rude. <laughs> so yeah, I think having exactly. those like dedicated time where you can really drill in it, you know, even though you're home, it ends up sometimes being like the most productive days. Yeah, we call it hallway hijacked. So when you <laughs> when you go down the hallway to get some water and then um, you just run into people, always welcome because I love catching up with everybody. But uh, yeah, I like I said, I work in a fishbowl, so I can't even close the door and <laughs> pretend like I'm not there to zone in. So those right. work from home days are key for you know zoning in and pushing out some good work. <laughs> well, Colleen, I know you you know your your kids are a big piece of your life. So give me the what are the names? Um, Marty and Mac. Marty and Mac. And, and your husband, you said, is a, a big help around the house there, too. Yeah, he's actually a Walgreens pharmacist. So he is mostly at work at night. And when he is home, it's just so nice to have the opportunity to sit down and like be me for a minute instead of mom me for the majority of the day. You know, those are totally <laughs> different people. <laughs> I get totally. that. I do get that. <laughs> All right. So before before the, the busy days now, before before the, the mom days, let's take you back to, you know, 2009. You know, mm -hmm. you're graduating from Fenwick High School and, yeah. you know, there on your graduation day and you're heading off to college at, at Purdue. What did you think you were going to do with your life? So funny. It's so funny because I went to college and I was like, I've always been a lover of sports. I played basketball my entire high school career. I ran track. Um, my brother played football. We went to Connecticut every weekend to watch him play uh, football in college. I just loved sports and I knew that I wanted to be involved in the sports world. In addition to that, I also did a lot of, um, I did pageants and talent shows and I sang. So entertainment was a part of my background. And then I went to college, you know, freshman year, you're kind of just getting the feel for things. Purdue University, by the way, um, boiler up. <laughs> and then freshman year, I was trying to like figure out what I was going to do. I definitely went in with um, comms major. It was perfect for me. And then junior year, I took a class. I remember it specifically. It was a sports communication class. And it was it's very hard to get into because everyone wants to work in sports, right? Like. That's everyone's like goal. And the teacher said, how many of you want to work for a sports team? And like the whole class lifted their hands up. And then they were like, have you ever thought about it from the angle of working for the arena? And I was like, I was like, no, you know, you just think bulls, you think Blackhawks, you don't think about the, the people behind the seats at the arena. So she was the one who kind of opened my eyes and changed my perspective. And then from there, I graduated in 2013. I started working at the governor's office in, in the city of Chicago. And I was like, hmm, this isn't it. <laughs> this isn't it for me. So <laughs> I was there for a total of two weeks before I applied at the United Center. I was like combing the uh, arena's website, applied for the United Center, got an interview 
within a week and then got the job offer a couple days later. And it felt like the stars aligned for me. And honestly, it was God's will. <laughs> well, you spent a lot while you were in college. You did get a lot of, you know, some interesting internship experiences. Oh, yeah. So one of them was, I, it was versatile, but one of them was uh, Shed Aquarium. That was like a key moment for me working at the Shed Aquarium, because how do you have a bad day when there's a beluga whale next to you? <laughs> <laughs> um, and a baby penguin that you're naming that week. So uh, I would say Shed Aquarium was a really good starting point for me because it really helped me fine tune my like practical skills, you know? So writing those releases, making media lists, you know, doing pitches, that really kind of, was a starting point for me to spiral into the next role. Um, Shed Aquarium was a high point for me, for, for sure. So you start off as a, a marketing associate. You move up to marketing coordinator, uh, then senior marketing manager, uh, into the new your current role. Tell me about you know staying in one arena and being you know selected to move up. Yeah, actually. Uh, one of the major things that I'd like to communicate to, especially our younger listeners, is to advocate for yourself because all of those changes, all of that growth, all of that development did not come because my boss read my mind, you know. All of those opportunities presented themselves because we asked for them, you know. Um, it's important to learn to grow to take everything you can from a job but it's also important to advocate for yourself and ask for the things that you need so that you are able to grow you are able to optimize in that position you are able to be the best you can be and that's what I think I come from a very polite Irish Catholic family so um, <laughs> I have never been I was part of a culture where you you don't ask, you just are polite and respectful. And then working in the sports and entertainment industry and being as eager as I was, I knew there was something off about that, like that culture I grew up in. So um, I think that was a turning point for me, just being stuck in this role. I don't know if you noticed, but I was a coordinator for five years, but I was a coordinator reporting to our senior vice president at the United Center. So there was no really boss above me. I was, we were operating on our own within the marketing and communications department. So in that moment, I was like, there's a gaping hole here and I'm filling that gaping hole, but I don't feel like I have the title to support it. Um, and that was important to me. So advocating for myself there in those positions was just super integral to my growth and development as a professional at the United Center. Yeah, and I think it is something that people sometimes, when they're early in their careers, speaking for myself as well, is you sometimes think like your only route up is either someone's going to recognize you and just deliver a new job to you on a plate, which never is going to happen, uh, or rarely, I should say, will happen. 
Um, but also you would have to, you know, they'd have to create a new role or, or someone else is going to have to leave. And, and so I think there are a lot of possibilities that are there. And sometimes you just have to educate your bosses on what you need and also what industry standards are. Like I remember in, in my last job, I was a coordinator also very kind of stuck in that role. Actually, I was for a while, I was like a social media specialist, but there was no marketing manager. There was no marketing coordinator. And so, and I was performing those roles. So sometimes it's like, you have to basically say, you know, look, this is what I'm doing. This is what comparable people are doing in my industry. And it's important for me that I get a, you know, show this title on my resume and that it reflects what I bring to the business. And I think sometimes that's not as apparent for younger people, but clearly is something that, uh, you know, they should do because, you know, will help them in their next career. If they're not, you know, if they, you know, move on to another spot, you don't want to be like, oh, I was a social media specialist for 12 and a half years <laughs> doing the job yeah. of a VP or something, you know? Exactly. And you, when you join the workforce, I feel like you think you're under this impression that everybody has it figured out, you know, like there's this natural right. ladder that you yeah. just go after and like one thing yeah. falls after the next. No, nobody's got it figured out. You have exactly. to figure it out for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And often it's not a ladder. It's like a broken staircase that's got cliffs on some directions. And like, and there's random walls and doors everywhere that no one even knows how they ended up there. So it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of sometimes have to create the path because it's often not there already for you. Yeah, there are some loose nails in those staircases, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Colleen, I know you're, you're a big believer in, you know, kind of celebrating and helping women in the workplace. Let's talk about some of your efforts there. Yeah, so I think a, a major, first of all, I'm an active member of the Wise Women in Sports and um, Live Events group, the Chicago chapter. But then beyond that, uh, one major highlight for me, one career highlight that that just always comes through is I don't, I don't know if you guys remember, but when um, Michelle Obama did her book tour at arenas, the becoming book tour, um, sure. we saw that as an opportunity. So uh, behind the scenes, we had this big welcome for her. We asked for um, letters from the local schools and letters from specifically the little girls to um, Michelle Obama. And we made this big wall for her of appreciation. So that was on the, uh, in the background, but yeah, in the, in the foreground. So a lot of times we're serving the people that visit the arena. So the talent, and then also the guests, but are we ever filling really the cups of the employees that work there? It's few and far between, right? So we saw that as an opportunity to celebrate the women in the workplace with Michelle Obama being one of the strongest forces that I have um, for myself as a model. We put on a panel called Becoming a Celebration of Women in the Workplace. And it had, uh, I think, five panelists that came and spoke on their experiences working in the sports and entertainment industry. And so those panelists were one from the Bulls, one from the Blackhawks, one from the White Sox. We had one from the United Center and then also one from Live Nation. So it was just cool to see all the faces in the crowd, both men and women. And I think it was just a proud moment for me to be able to celebrate and to be able to 
come together and also look out there and see all of the men who support us and see all of the men who are there to listen and understand how they can grow or how they can help be an ally to us. It was just a really good moment for me. So, you know, here we are, you know, back to present day, so many cool things going on, you know, and, uh, you know, aside from the bit, anything else, you know, current projects you're working on, any big priorities as we're, you know, as we uh, begin to wrap things up here today? Yeah, so between all the event announcements, we've gone like two times the number (laughs) of events at the United Center since I started. (laughs) Um, We're just working on a lot of event acquisition stuff that's, I think, the number one part of my job currently, you know how that changes. But then beyond that, we have some exciting building projects that we are working on right now uh, that require some comms support, comms planning, website development. Uh, All those things are in the background. We're working on confidentially, but you guys will see here coming soon. (laughs) That's always exciting. I think it's so fun to be a part of developmental stuff because then you know, 10, 15 years from now, some sort of thing, you know, even like a new plaza opening, you can remember that, you know, you might be retired or whatever many years from now. And then you're like, I helped open that. I wrote the press release for that. You know, I think, I think developmental stuff is just so fun. Yeah. It's really cool to see something grow from nothing. And just like even the East Atrium and the office building that we sit in today, um, it not being there when I walked through the door for my interview and then me sitting in it now is just really humbling and exciting. Um, and just something that I personally feel proud of. Colleen, before we let you go today, I want to hit you with our fast five. Oh yeah. Five let's quick hear questions. It. Just looking for your immediate, uh, <laughs> brief response. First up, what was your very first concert? Ooh, very first concert, the fray. Are we talking about as a fan? Yeah, sure. (laughs) As a a fan, the fray in, uh, I think it was like 2008. Outdoor concert, um, really mellow. (laughs) I've seen the fray fray before. Do you have a a favorite concert? Oh, oh, from a work experience or from a uh, fan? Okay, Mumford and Sons is uh, they're one of my favorite bands and then just feeling their music as a fan in the seats was fun. Uh best pizza in Chicago. Oh. Ooh. Oh, Lou Malnati's. Giordano. Okay. No, <laughs> Giordano's. Giordano's cuz they're good for thin crust and they're good for deep dish. All right, that's a tough call. I I go back and forth <laughs> there myself. What's your you mentioned being a singer? What's what's your go-to karaoke song? Oh, Mr. Brightside, the killers. We just talked about this yesterday. (laughs) All right, last up, uh, you know, we have uh, reality TV cameras follow you around uh, all the time. Uh, It's the Colleen Quinn Show. What's the theme song? What's the song that plays over the opening credits to the show about All About You? Oh, I'll be there for you. Uh, it's the same one as friends. I feel like that's a big part of me just being in everybody's corner and, uh, I like being the orchestrator in the background, flying under the radar, but always being supportive of the people in the forefront. <laughs> there you That's go. Awesome. Watching out for those hallway hijackers. I like that. Uh, <laughs> Colleen, uh, give us some plugs. Uh, people want to follow you or, you know, or United Center. Uh, give us the uh, anything you want to plug here. 
Yeah. So Colleen Quinn on um, LinkedIn, Quinn Cal on Instagram, and then follow the United Center. We're always doing some really cool stuff on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram's really our highlight if you want the short and sweet. Go. Thank you so much for making the time today and your, your very uh, busy world that you've got going on there. No, thank you guys. I, I'm really excited to have the opportunity to speak with you and really look forward to EAMC, Seattle. That's right. Yes. We'll see you soon. <laughs> hey, a big thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Adventures in Venue Land. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We love your five star reviews so you can help others find us. Until the next adventure, I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. Thanks for listening, everyone. Adventures in Venue Land is a side project of the Event and Arena Marketing Conference, a nonprofit organization bringing together people in the field of live entertainment to discuss marketing, publicity, and sales trends. Find out more at eventarenamarketing.com. Audio editing and mixing by Camille Faulkner. Design and digital advertising by Megan Ebeck. Copywriting and publicity by Samantha Marker. Guest booking and brand strategies by Paul Hooper. Guest research by Dave Rettelberger. Marketing strategies by Paul Hooper, Megan Ebeck, and Samantha Marker. Thanks for joining us. Until the next adventure.